0: It's TRG, the rambling gambler, the vest-wearin', ring-baron, son of a son of a salesman. Casino gambling is my side hustle and this is our Casino Combat Podcast, episode 21, the blackjack episode. Well, I guess they're all blackjack episodes in some way, but this one is special because it's number 21. Let's get started. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary persons, our new friends in Louisiana and in Cranberry Township, This podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local Problem Gambling Hotline number. If you do not know your local Problem Gambling Hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you, and we will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based, in fact... Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Episode 21. Lucky 21. I started this week fired up to finish the month strong. Hopefully ending with a winning month and to do some kind of really hyped up podcast episode this week. However, as the Rolling Stones taught us, sometimes instead of what you want, you get what you need. I did finish strong. But whatever cosmic forces influence gambling and gamblers wanted the week to be a reflective, almost philosophical one. And that's the episode I have to present to you today. This is reality podcasting in many ways. I go where the world takes me and you hear the results. So in an effort to appreciate what the universe thought I needed, I'm going to change things up a bit this episode. You may have noticed I already made one change in the intro. And that was my bad, everybody. It really was. Five months ago... Before I even owned a microphone, I wrote it and I liked it and I didn't give it another thought. But it's not my podcast. It's our podcast. I started this podcast to teach and to learn. So our podcast always and going forward. So a mistake fixed and acknowledged. I wanted to do a Gambling with Gabriel segment. I've got several things that I think are interesting to share. But with the monthly wrap up, this looks like it may be a longer episode. So I'll hold that off till next week. In the core concepts today, I'm going to share some pretty strong opinions about what is and is not a gambling problem, and about something I'm going to call gambling shame, for lack of a better word. I have a casino wisdom for you that I really, really like. It just might change the way you look at casino gambling. It reinforced and clarified my point of view when I thought of it. We traveled a couple of places this week, and I'll share those results and some observations in the travel segment. And I'll recap the month. And look back on the results from the first five months of this journey. So philosophy, reflection, that kind of stuff. By the time we get to the VIP lounge, we may be ready for some fun and some laughs. I've got a story about an AC trip where I accomplished the mission and then just had fun, in a fairly stupid way actually. T-Rex always wants me to remind you about the unique YouTube content. It was an easy thing to remember this week. I'm really proud of the casino combat, bootcamp playlist. Yes, bootcamp with a K. It's on YouTube. I have one, maybe two episodes to go, and when I'm finished, anyone will be able to learn the basics of good, solid, fundamental casino gambling in about 90 minutes. The next and perhaps final episode drops this Thursday morning. Let's go do the core concepts. There is a fundamental core concept, frankly, core belief of mine, that I've never bothered to articulate. And in hindsight, I really should have. In fact, in hindsight, I'm really embarrassed by the disclaimer I wrote five months ago. So let me tell you a little bit about that disclaimer. A lawyer friend suggested that I should include a disclaimer about past performance in each episode and information for someone that might have a gambling problem and be listening to the podcast. And I thought that was a good idea. So I thought about some old r- pro-wrestling introductions that I really like. And I tried to make those points that the lawyer said I should make with some humor and kind of a announcer pro-wrestling kind of shtick. I hope that if it was entertaining, it wouldn't be ignored. So in an effort to be funny, I said that gambling is a morally questionable life choice. It isn't. I don't think that. And I really shouldn't have said it. So that's another change for the podcast going forward. But this is all on my mind because of a couple things that happened in my life this week. First... I took on a new customer in my consulting practice. And as we were getting to know each other a little bit, I mentioned this podcast. And she asked what it was about. And then she says, and it comes up about half the time when I talk to somebody. But aren't you concerned it will become a problem? You could have a gambling problem. Look, this isn't a big deal. As I said, I hear this all the time. And I have a standard response for this. I said, no, I'm not concerned about it at all. I have a friend who fishes in his spare time. He goes one type of fishing in the spring. He does a different type of fishing in the fall. He plans trips to go to places where it's good to fish all over North America. He fishes several times a week. And no one says, you know, I think he has a fishing problem. And you can say the same thing about golf or skeet shooting or any other hobby that somebody has. No one ever says he could have a golfing problem or he might have a woodworking problem. But somehow when it comes to gambling... They think if you do it a lot, whether as a hobby or semi-professionally, the way I do it, you might have a problem. Particularly the way I do it, if you're making money on it, you don't have a gambling problem. you got a side hustle. But anyway, I've got another friend who's a financial planner. And once a year, he goes to Las Vegas with other financial planners and they kind of share information and powwow. They go to Las Vegas mostly because the flights are cheap and it's easy for all of them to get there from all over the country. And they always stay off strip someplace because they want to play $10 blackjack, less if they can, and smoke cigars and and BS and probably discuss derivative variable chart values or some such stuff that I have no understanding of. So anyway, a casino opened up locally a few years ago and I said to him, hey, do you want to go with me sometime? And he was like, oh no, no, from what I hear. They don't have anything lower than a $15 table. That's too big a gamble for me. And I kind of chuckled and said, You just bet $20,000 on Facebook stock last week. You make bigger bets than I do every day. Look, we had a good laugh about it. We really did. The point is accurate, though. Investing in the stock market is a form of legal gambling. There is skill involved, certainly. There are tactics and strategies that experts use. But random outcomes can impact the stock market unexpectedly. All of those statements are also true about casino gambling. A stranger never hears as they're meeting you that you invest money in the stock market and then have the nerve to look at you and say, are you worried that you might have a stock market problem? Going to a casino with money you can afford to lose and losing it is just a form of entertainment if that's what you enjoy. It's no different than spending that same money going to the theater to watch Hello Dolly and then having dinner afterwards. And there's nothing wrong with using knowledge, skills, and techniques to profit from casino gambling. There are certainly people who have a gambling addiction that they cannot control. That's true. I've said it before. Even thinking about leaving children who are in your care in a locked car while you gamble is a good indicator that some counseling is probably a good idea. And if you have $500 to pay rent and buy groceries, and instead you go and gamble at a casino, I have some concerns. But otherwise... I clearly think there's nothing wrong with casino gambling. I've got family members that I know, or I think, I assume, maybe that's the right word there, do not approve of what my side hustle is. They don't like it. They don't believe me when I tell them that I win more than I lose. And that's fine. But I'm not going to pretend that's not who I am because of their disapproval, which is another aspect of this that I want to discuss. I ran into an old friend early in the week who enjoys gambling just as I do. I haven't seen her in several years. I I used to know her from one property, and I, I ran into her at a different property four hours away. And since I've known her for a while, I think she wins more than she loses. Because I've seen that she is very, very disciplined with her exits. She is as good as they get at getting up and walking away when she has the profit she wants for that moment. Anyway, over the course of a conversation, she said, Oh, oh! I, I wouldn't want anyone to know I gamble. See, society does this to some people in a variety of ways, right? And it's not just gambling. It's all kinds of stuff. You have some aspect of yourself that you hide because you think people important to you would not approve. And their approval is important to you. Look, it's an imperfect metaphor. And it's a little bit of an out-of-place metaphor. But I'm going to make it anyway. See, in a way, my friend is a closeted gambler, and I'm an out gambler. I really feel a lot of sympathy for her. I'm good at casino gambling. It benefits me. It benefits my community. No reason for anybody to be ashamed of that, and no reason to make jokes about it either, and I was wrong. So there you go. Kind of a confession and a sermon. But I have a great casino wisdom for you, and it's coming up next. Let's talk today about casino wisdom number 35 and it goes something like this, I'm not playing the game of blank, I'm playing the game of casino gambling. So I'm not playing the game of craps, for example, I'm playing the game of casino gambling. Look, the action here reminds me to always focus on the idea that I'm trying to make a profit from casinos and those profits come in a variety of ways that don't always directly involve winning cash money. At least not today, whatever that day is. I always say that casino wisdoms are knowledge and experience combined to create a small casino action. So let me share the information, the knowledge, and then my experiences that inspire this casino wisdom number 35. So in an online forum this week, someone posted a really complex craps wager. Five to seven bets involving about $90, and they asked other people what they thought. And immediately they got a really kind of dismissive, snotty, Mean-spirited response, are you trying to just not lose? So I ran the strategy by Gabriel, and I did some research and looked into it. And the $90 wagered in this way would generate a small $2 win most of the time. And there are just a few conditions in which most of it just goes poof into the air. All of that means that by leaving a few of those bets out of the wager, you would actually expect to win more over time. But certainly, in the defense of this gentleman... You could, in the right way, just sit there and make a little chunk, a little chunk, a little chunk, a little chunk. And you could scale it up. Instead of 90, you could make it 900 and win 20, or 9,000 and win 200, or whatever. Um, but what bugged me about this was dismissing out of hand the idea that a wager, which just breaks even, has no value. In my mind, that's missing the point. I have plenty of ways to use that. So let's suppose, just for this little bit of conversation... That there is a combination where you always win just a few dollars, but once in a while you lose some of what you bet, and over time you're not really going to win or lose much at all. Perfect. Because the game I play is not blackjack or baccarat, or in this case craps, the game I play is casino gambling. Assuming a combination like this exists, here's how I'd use it. I'd hit a blackjack table. Maybe I get a really quick profit larger than my daily target. Or maybe I'm on an overnight stay and it's early. I'll happily take, say, 25% of that profit and bet it in this mystery magic non-existent pattern that I'm talking about at a craps table. I have a very low-risk set of wagers. I'm enjoying the casino for an evening. i am probably got an adult beverage at my hand. And this whole thing is a point factory. I can just sip my drink, and cheer, and enjoy the table, and after a couple hours, I've added only a few dollars of profit, or lost some of what I already won, but I'm climbing that tier credit ladder. I'm adding imaginary dollars to my reward credit. With a larger amount in action over time, in a few months, the free play amounts are going to start going up, and all of this with very little risk. It's using the rules of the game to generate benefits in the entire casino experience, over time and that's the point of casino wisdom number 35 to help us to remember that whatever we're doing in the casino whatever game we are playing in that particular moment in casino combat that's just part of a bigger game called casino gambling and that is a game that we can win in a variety of way big month lot to learn a lot of points to make let's go through all of that in the travel segment So at the end of last week's episode we had a losing week and I mentioned that if things didn't turn around I might have to use some saved past wins from the safe to fix my bankroll. I've also been telling you that my normal local casino Monday gift stop was mostly turning into a wasted trip because they are out of gifts every time and giving some free slot play instead. Plus often they have a total of 9-12 to seats for playing blackjack which means I have to wait to play and often after 15 or 20 minutes, I just decide it's not worth it and I move on. So since we didn't travel on Saturday this week, I went for my free gift on Sunday instead of Monday. The gifts had not been delivered from California, so they were handing out $20 bills instead. And the plan is if and when the gifts are delivered, we will get those in addition to the $20. So excellent, thanks for the literally free money. So now my Monday's open. And so I schedule some work and I've got to go west to do that work. And if I go west another hour from there, I'm going to hit a My Choice property. And I have a free bet there. This is my side hustle. So off I go once I finish with the client. I had a great run. In fact, I had one shoe where I went, okay, I've made my money. I'm good. If I lose three units, I'm leaving the table, I'm leaving the building, I'm back on the road. And I played an entire shoe, and I never lost more than one hand in a row. The entire shoe. So most of the time, I was making larger positive progressive wagers and i was winning i finished when a shoe later i finally lost three units and ended up with a profit of more than three days pay so bankroll fixed at this point i gambled two more times locally including after having some drinks with gabriel to catch up on his adventures and that was fun and then on top of that just to kind of round out the day we run into trucker mike when we get to the casino and we got to talk with him and catch up a little bit pre-pandemic the three of us probably more than the three of us, would have been playing in the VIP lounge on a Friday afternoon together. In fact, I even got a phone call from one of our other partners in crime, The Walking Wikipedia, on my drive home and got to catch up with him. And sadly, it's pretty clear that all four of us missed those Friday sessions and also know they're really probably never happening again. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I want just a bit less than two more days pay in the process of those two visits. And so my final local thing for the week was based on exactly what we discussed last week, casino wisdom number 81, ABC, always be casinoing. So I'm at a client, I'm getting ready to roll out, and if I add about 15 minutes travel time, I can hit two casinos. So I hit one of them, which is a racino, and they have some free slot play for me, and I pick up a, a, a tiny little profit, but more than enough to fill my gas tank i got to fill my gas tank to go to work anyway. And then at the next Racino, all I got was a a scratch-off $2 lottery ticket. Not uh, not really worth the stop, had I known in advance. And as I was thinking about that and walking to get my lottery ticket, I saw a a slot machine that I like, and I realized I didn't have any free slot play because I haven't put any real money into this place in, in months. So I decided, since I was in the middle of a really good week, I'd risk $100 and continue testing that slot strategy I've been working on. Look, I figured even if I took a small loss, the property would kick out small amounts of free play every week for months and months and months. And I drive past this freeway exit more than once a week. And notice once again here, I'm playing the game of casino gambling, not the game of win money by playing slot machines. I know that even if I lose a small amount of money, It's not going to affect my bottom line for the week, and it's going to kick out benefits for months. And that's the goal, right? Little properties that kick out little amounts of money that I've got to drive by anyway. The better part is, my slot strategy worked big time, to the tune of a day's pay. I hit a bonus of some type on the fifth spin, and the machine basically played itself for 15 minutes while a crowd gathered and watched. Sadly, the lottery ticket was a loser. (laughs) But... So at that point, Mrs. TRG cut the bankroll back down some, paid a couple of big bills, and made a donation to a charity that needs some help serving meals to people on Thanksgiving. Now, despite all this, as we're getting ready to go out for Halloween on the last day of the month, I was legitimately concerned that we were currently maybe somewhere right around even in terms of dollars won and lost over the course of the month. Or we might be in a situation where our actions for the evening would determine the success or failure of the month. That was my intuition and I needed to know that. I needed to make sure that if we decided, oh, what the heck, it's not really going very well, but let's try a fourth table, that that fourth table wasn't going to be the one that turned it into a a lost after spent month. This is a great example of how doing this podcast makes me a better gambler. I should always know this. I should have data that turns into analytic information to tell me this. So I went ahead and calculated all the numbers and totals for the month because I was going to just update them when I got back from the trip and then create the script for this podcast. What I found out was that we would have a win for the month locked down no matter what. I was stunned, and I'll share that in a few minutes, but there was no way we were going to lose that amount of money. It just wasn't going to happen. We weren't even going to have access to that kind of money. But more importantly, I saved the spreadsheet I created to calculate the results. And going forward, that spreadsheet will get updated after each visitor trip. And I'll always know where I stand for the month. So planning travel this week was interesting. My host at Casino One said all he could do on Halloween night was a partial room comp. And my, re- you know, look, my initial reaction was, that's fine, that's fair. He's been comping and comping and comping and comping for months and months and months and months, and it's Halloween night, they're certainly very busy, so if he needs a few bucks from me, I don't really care. As I'm reflecting about it, as I'm talking about it with my wife, we realize that we're spending $100 on a hotel room to avoid driving another 30 minutes to a property where we have a fully comped room. And honestly, the hotel there is nicer, and the rules on the blackjack tables are just fractionally better. And it's a more important reward system, at least at this point in things. So obviously we drove the extra 30 minutes, but we decided why not try the steakhouse at this property And at least we'll pay for part of the bill with the $100 we were willing to spend on the other hotel. That was the thought when we made our plans anyway. By the time we got there, it was a celebration dinner. The gambling for the day was a perfect example of what we want on a couples trip. I mean, obviously, we'd be fine with gambling for hours and hours and hours and hours and winning piles of money. But the next thing down on the list is this one. Win some money at the first table. Win decent money on the free slot play they give us. Lose a little money at the second table, but still have a profit for the evening so far. Go to a great and amazing dinner. Go to the third table and plan ahead. If we win this much, that's the end of the night. Well, so we sit down at that third table and we played for more than an hour. The dealer's from Vegas, who's moved here recently. He's got all kinds of great stories to tell. The gentleman playing with us was fun. He'd played in Netherlands before while traveling on business and he had some observations and stories on how gambling is there and we're laughing and we're having a good time and we hit our number and kind of looked at each other and did the math and said let's call it a night. We left the hotel with an extra day's pay after paying off the credit card charge at the steakhouse and once again we got home we chopped the bankroll down to size again And put money in the safe for the next time a losing month happens. Let's reflect a minute on this week's trip. Because this information is very important from my point of view. My goal at the beginning of this podcast was to use the pandemic to show how you or anyone else with a modest bankroll. And yeah that's relative. And modest wagers. And yeah that's relative. Could go from zero to living a casino lifestyle and making money. Before the pandemic I'd never set foot in this casino. Not once. My interactions with the reward system that they use was virtually non-existent. So sure, look, at Casino One at another property, I benefited from a previous relationship with a host. And at Caesars that we like to go to, I had a national host and a previous reward system relationship. But for this property, I was 99.99% unknown. Over the course of five months, making bets ranging from $15 to no more than $75, We built the relationship to the point where we get free weekend hotel stays, gifts, other than a complicated variant wagering system that I'm just not sure I'm good enough to share verbally, and a slot strategy that I'm still testing. I didn't do anything I have not taught on this podcast, and neither of those items are significant in my mind. For me, this was the proof of concept weekend. And Mrs. TRG and I talked about this some over dinner. She even admitted that over the years when I told her we were making money on my side hustle, she wasn't completely convinced. In fact, when I started this podcast, she figured it would be a fun adventure, even if I was wrong. It has been a fun adventure. It is a fun adventure. Weekends like this one are our normal. They can be your normal. And once this pandemic wraps up, normal gets turned up way, way, way up. Every time I do the monthly wrap up, I'm aware that it can sound like bragging. And it's not meant that way. And then I also am aware that some of you are probably listening and thinking, that's it? That's all it got? Big deal. So I know that. I know. But the monthly recap isn't any of those things. It's not for you to say you got better. And it's not for me to say, look how good I am. The monthly recap is me documenting results to show you something I think most people can do. If you don't hear the outcome, how do you know if my approach works? I would answer, you don't. So here we go. I told you that I was concerned that we might have a lost and spent month instead of a win after after expenses month. Honestly, we're due to get smacked. We really are. It's going to happen, folks. We're going to do one of these, hopefully not next month, hopefully not the month after. But at some point, and maybe next month, we're going to have one of these conversations, and we're going to get to the end, and I'm going to have lost and spent money. And then we're going to have to decide if I really lost because I didn't get enough in return to make that justified. But that's not this one. So anyway, a little bit of rambling there, folks. Um, My impression of the month shows the value of keeping records because I went through all the trip notes. I totaled everything up. And then I knew there was no way Mrs. TRG and I would lose the amount of money we'd won over the weekend. We had a winning month locked in. And it was larger than I had expected it to be even with ending with a good week. Again, the value of keeping written information. So for the month, we received two minor gifts and a bracelet that Mrs. TRG really likes. We got a bunch of slot play instead of gifts, so the free slot play numbers are a little elevated, and there's a minor amount of additional money in the win column as a result of the free slot play wins. We also received $20 in reward credits, $20 in cash, $30 in gift cards, $234 in free slot play, $155 in free bets, $65 in match bets, and five comp hotel nights. We spent winnings on a spa visit and winnings on a rather expensive dinner. After our other less significant expenses, we finished the month with a profit after expenses equal to one month and three days pay. And actually, the IT business has been a little slow. There's this thing called a pandemic. So casino gambling wasn't my side hustle this month. It was my job. This is five months in a row Of us having a profit after expenses. The first month expenses were unusually high because we were starting relationships and we still finished with one week's pay as a profit and some handbags from previous relationships. July was fun we got plenty of hotel nights and gift cards but we only won four days pay for the month. August provided a solid cash profit just short of three weeks pay and plenty of hotel rooms meals and other goodies. September's results were very modest financially. One and a half days pay in cash but also three hotel rooms, a watch, and a four-piece luggage set. So over five months, a range of meh to really great, and that's not bad. In fact, that's normal. I'm not declaring victory. This needs to happen at least seven or eight months out of 12 in my mind. That's what I'm looking at it. So Sunday, it's back to work trying to do it all again to start the new month. But with better records come better analytics. When I average things out over five months, this side hustle is generating on average just less, just a, just a tiny bit less than two weeks pay in profit each month. I've kept my wagers well below the level I'm comfortable with and well below the level that my resources would allow. And I did that to prove that this could work. But with the concept proven, we are discussing expanding my base wager to increase our profits and points. And that'll increase our standing with various properties. If and when that happens... You'll be the third to know. Well, actually, you'll be the fourth to know, because once Mrs. TRG and I decide, Gabriel will probably hear about it before all of you. But fourth to know, I promise. Let's go to the VIP lounge for a virtual drink and a story where I had great judgment until I didn't. Or actually, maybe my judgment was fine the entire time. You guys can decide that. Oh! A little bit of the bubbly. A bit of the bubbly indeed, sir. Help yourself, everyone. If you're just joining us for the first time, we have virtual beer, wine, still and sparkling water, artisanal pop, and handcrafted sodas. Of course, plenty of virtual top-shelf bottles as well. Everybody happy with their choices? Great. Let me share with you an Atlantic City trip going really, really right, and then either great or a bit sideways. As I said, you decide. So, um, it was like two years ago now yeah two years ago now Um, about this time of year and I'm well positioned in the Caesars reward system I need just you know a little over a thousand points not a whole lot more than that and we're planning to be in Las Vegas at a Caesars property for like five days over New Year's Eve it's all set and gradually the holiday plans change and the kids travel schedules change And I start to think, no, we're not going to go. And we start talking about it and talking about it. And our offers from Caesars aren't very good because we went to Laughlin in August instead of going to Las Vegas. And we're not getting really any good party invitations. And we decide to take a year off and not go out for New Year's Eve. So now I'm just a few points short of Diamond, which is their third tier. And that's the tier you need to have no resort credits and to get into the lounges and to get seated even when the restaurant is full, and a whole bunch of other good things. There's a real big financial and experience difference between being two-tier in them and being three-tier with them. And um, so I talked to Mrs. TRG, and I talked to my host, and in early December, there's a plane going from my local airport over to Atlantic City to the Harris, which I will admit is not my favorite of their properties over there. I prefer the Caesars property on the boardwalk. But this is just a points trip. This is just me going and living my normal life an hour's plane ride away. And let me tell you about those Caesars trips just a little bit because they are a great motivator for me of being involved in the Caesars reward system. Not to do a commercial for them. They can pay for that. But just to share with you how these trips work. If you get booked on one of these, usually they're comped. I think some people get asked to pay a little bit. I've been asked once in a while to pay an experience fee that's like 30 bucks or something. But if you get booked on one of these, you show up at the airport a couple hours early, get through security, they put you on a 737, that's all people going the same place you're going. Once we get up in the air, they bring you a free cocktail. You're up in the air about an hour, you land at the airport, they put you in a chartered bus, and they take you to your, your hotel. And your bags get delivered to your room. And as you're walking into the hotel, they hand you your room key and you're good to go. Boom, 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 boom. Like 30 minutes, I'm going to say, from the time you get off the plane till the time you're walking through the casino with your, your room key in your hand. But as I said, this trip had one purpose and one purpose only. Get exactly enough points to cross the line into Diamond to be Diamond for the next year. And the reason that was important is because even at their their second tier, they'll comp you plenty of rooms in Atlantic City, and they'll comp you plenty of rooms in Las Vegas. That's not even hard. And then they'll hit you with a $30 to $45 resort fee for every day. And you can very quickly add a lot of cost to all your casino lifestyle if you don't make it to that third tier. And while you never gamble for points, according to the old timers, To which I always say, BS, of course you gamble for points. If the points turn into money, of course I'm going to gamble for points. But that was the purpose of this trip. And I was laser focused. You know, if I'd been at a blackjack table for a while, and I was even thinking I might want to stretch my legs, and I had a profit, even a small profit, I'm off the table, and in five minutes I'm checking the app and seeing how many points I got. And I'm running a little more money than usual through the slot machines as a way to take a break. And I'm taking some profits because I'd been working through this slot strategy for quite a while. Um, and I'd take some profits and I'd check my points because I was on a mission and ultimately that mission had a deadline too, right? Because I was there for two nights and three days. And on the third day, I had to be in the lobby of the hotel at 830 AM to head to the airport. So I had a whole first day, I had a whole second day, and then unless I was staying up all night, which I was willing to do, I had to be done. So I'm playing and I'm watching, I'm playing and I'm watching, and I'm, I'm keeping things very, very under control, making sure I'm on the path, you know, making sure that I'm I'm making all the right choices. I'm winning some money, and that's great. I prefer winning money, but if I'm being honest, I'd won plenty of money the weekend before locally. I really wasn't super concerned. I was willing to lose everything i had won the week before locally my points locally were fine my bankroll was fine my pocket was fine but i was fixing next year's money once again i was playing the game even though i hadn't invented the wisdom yet i was playing the game casino gambling i wasn't playing the game of blackjack and i wasn't playing the game of slots i was playing the game of get points to set myself up next year so about eight o'clock i'm gonna say 8 30 in the evening At the end of the second day, I check my app. I double check at the kiosk. I'm 100 and some points over the number. And there's no way I'm getting to the next number. For all practical purposes, the mission has been accomplished. No reason not to relax. So, I head over to the VIP lounge. And um, I find a seat at the bar. Because I'm just going to have a couple free cocktails and wrap up my night. And as often happens, you get sitting around and it turns out, most of the people sit at the bar are from the same trip that I'm on. So we all have something in common. We came in together and, and we live in the same general part of the country. We're all traveling together and I get talking and joking with the guy sitting beside me. And then the most fun thing happens. Just fun in my mind. Okay. And it's unrelated to the gambling, but it's what the VIP lounge is for. The, I noticed that the bartender is starting on the far end of the bar and getting fresh drinks for people and that everybody's also getting a plastic cup. And I think, oh, that's really smart because while the drinks are free in the VIP lounge and the drinks are free, if you're gambling on the floor, you got to put them in plastic on your way out the door. A lesson I had learned the hard way a year prior. And that's another good story. And I got to remember to tell you that one some other time. Um, But I think this is really smart, right? You're getting your nice drink in a glass, and then they're giving you a a plastic cup. Everything's running efficiently. And as the bartender gets to us, he says, "Um, so we're doing last call, everybody. You know, you don't need to leave, but we got to get you finished up because the whole room closes. The VIP lounge closes at uh, 10 o'clock. And I'm, okay, well, that's reasonable. He goes, so... Are you guys just the same as everybody else? You want me to pour you the same way? And I look over and I realize those aren't plastic cups that are empty. The bartender is pouring everyone one more drink for here in the VIP lounge to enjoy over the next 20 to 30 minutes, and then one more drink to carry out of the room with them to continue their evening. And, of course, I was happy to accept his generosity. And like everybody else who was knowledgeable at the bar, he, he poured mine in a glass and he poured a second one in plastic. And I'm enjoying him with this uh, gentleman I've just met. And we're we're chatting about a variety of things. And as they're starting to shoo us out, he goes, so you made your points. Are you really done? He said, or is there a chance you're going to just stop and play some? Because I'd love to play some cards with you. This has been a lot of fun. And I said, oh, no, um, it's 10 o'clock. He said, I've done okay. I've won some money. I suppose there's a a 30% chance that uh, I think there's a 30% chance that I might stop and gamble with what I've won just to have some fun this evening. Um, And he goes, 30. He goes, okay, so there's a 30% chance. So how about I flip a coin and if it's heads, we go gamble together. And I agreed and he did. And it was heads. And we had a blast. We gambled for several hours. And, and I lost probably two-thirds of the money I had won on the trip. It won a bunch. It won a lot. Uh, it was all profits. I still made money for the trip. But I certainly let my guard down and and just had fun without really worrying about anything other than no more money than the money that's on the table. As I said, you guys can all decide. If you decide I was an idiot, I'm not going to argue. I didn't do what I would tell you to do. And if you think I did the right thing and had a blast, well, I had a blast, and so that's fine too. That's my story about Atlantic City, the point trip that turned into a fun trip or maybe turned into a bit of sideways drunken stupidity. I don't know. Tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a great session at a casino, you can tip your casino coach by going to anchor.fm slash casino combat, spelled with a K, and you can make a donation there. I've spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.